Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. Well, good morning. Welcome back, Purdue. Campus is hopping. So be careful where you drive, ladies and gentlemen. Be careful what stores you go to. (laughs) Oh, man. What an awesome thing. You know, as we talk about you belong here, that's for everybody. Young adults, you belong here. Youth, you belong here. Adults, you belong here. Those advanced in years, you belong here. They were about the loudest group. That's awesome. You know, uh, interesting thing. Never have I had a conversation with someone that they've shared with me. They hope they make it their life ambition to live without purpose and meaning. I've never been somebody who says, I hope I have no stories to share with my grandkids. I hope that I make no difference with my life. I've never met that person. I hope to not meet that person. Because here's the thing, where that comes from is God has put a desire in all of us to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's from the Lord. Of course, that bigger is God himself. You're meant to be with God, but you're also meant to be a part of what he's doing. And what he's doing is always bigger than us but you're meant to be a part of that. As we share this message on extraordinary living today, we are all in this room meant to live extraordinary lives in Jesus. We find in John 10, 10, Jesus says that I have come that people might have life and have it abundantly. But the problem I have found is that with far too many believers and Christians that I talk with, it doesn't seem like they're living extraordinary lives. So then the question comes, what are we missing? If we're not seeing that promise fulfilled in our lives, what qualities are absent in our lives that make it so we miss it? The passage we're going to get into today in Acts chapter 19, it lays out for us, here are some qualities that need to be resident in your life to step into the extraordinary life that Jesus offers. Because it's for all of us. It's for everyone in this room. And we want to make sure that you understand what it looks like to step into the life that God has for you. So if you have your Bibles, hey, I hope you've got God's word with you. If you're new to Connection Point, we say that because we just want to weekly remind you, we want you daily in God's word. We hope you have God's word. And if uh, you're new and don't have a Bible, there's a Bible underneath the chair in front of you. You're welcome to borrow that today. If you don't have access to God's word at home, take it home as a gift from the church. We want to make sure you have access to God's word every day. But I invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. We stand simply to highlight that these are God's words to us. I'll share a message on them. But every one of these words is God speaking to us this morning. So Acts chapter 19, Paul is in Ephesus, a New Testament follower of Jesus. And and these verses show us what extraordinary living looks like. So starting in verse 1. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. 
And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. There were about 12 men in all. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. These are the words of God. You may be seated this morning. If you read the New Testament book of Acts, you will find that Paul lived an extraordinary life. And it was not extraordinary because it was easy. It was not extraordinary because there was no difficulties. It was extraordinary because God took him from where he was and made him into the person he wanted him to be. And the same is true for all of us. Extraordinary living is taking you from where you are to where God wants you to be. Extraordinary living is not without hardship. You read Paul's life, you'll understand living in the kingdom is not always easy. It is not without difficulty and hardship. It is not without setbacks. But what makes it extraordinary is even in the midst of all of those things, Jesus is with you. He's with you in it all. And he can bring all things together for the good of those, it says, who love him. And it can all be for his glory. And what we're going to find from our passage this morning is not only did Paul live an extraordinary life, but all New Testament believers who had certain qualities were able to live that life too. These 12 men who Paul encounters in Ephesus, they go on to live extraordinary lives. And I'm going to point us to that at the tail end of this message this morning. And so then the question we need to look at is, what does it take? What qualities need to be there? How can we live extraordinary lives? The first thing we find from our passage is that we can live extraordinary lives with the Holy Spirit. We can live extraordinary lives with the Holy Spirit. So Paul, he arrives on the scene in Ephesus. He encounters some believers who are there. He asks them if they've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they say they've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. So he says, and, and then how were you baptized? He said, into John's baptism. He says, well, it's a baptism of repentance. So basically, here, let me baptize you. And so what he does is he water baptizes them. That's the first thing we see. He baptizes them in Jesus' name. And then as they come up from water baptism, then he prays with them and says they receive the Holy Spirit as evidence with them speaking in tongues. Now, we're finishing a, a series on Luke. If you've been at, Connect, at Connection Point, we've been going through the New Testament book of Luke, and we're going to finish that series in January. Shortly thereafter, we're going to get into a series on Acts. And so next year, as we head into the new year, we're going to talk a good bit about Holy Spirit empowerment. And so what I want to do is actually not dive deeply into that content today, uh, because I know we're going to cover it at good length next year. But I also don't want to leave you with questions. So here's what I would encourage you to do. If you have questions about a Holy Spirit-empowered life, we have a link on our website, connectionpointchurch.org slash Holy Spirit. And there we have three wonderful messages from our Naturally Supernatural events that we hold every February. Messages from Linda Seiler, Bob Maddox, Dr. Dugos. Wonderful messages that talk about the life that we're offered and in Jesus and him as our Holy Spirit baptizer. So if you have questions, go there. But we will talk a lot more about it next year. 
But may I suffice it to say, we can live extraordinary lives with the Holy Spirit. It's so important. But we can also live extraordinary lives by getting involved with what God is doing. We live extraordinary lives by getting involved with what God is doing. After the disciples in Ephesus, they received the Holy Spirit. Paul heads into the local synagogue to share the good news of Jesus. He spoke in the synagogue for three months until people became stubborn and began speaking evil of the Jesus way. People in the synagogue, they were so entrenched in tradition and fixed mindsets, they didn't want to hear what Paul had to say any longer. Religious tradition and fixed mindsets caused people to miss what God did through the life of Jesus and what God was doing through the ministry of Paul. Jesus knew, by the way, that this was going to be a problem. He knew what people would be entrenched in to keep them from stepping into the extraordinary life that they're offered in him. So his opening line, as Jesus heads into ministry, his first message, his ongoing message was, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus knew religious tradition and fixed mindsets was going to get in the way of people recognizing God's activity in that day in the first century. And so his word repent, I've mentioned this last week, I've mentioned it in other messages. The New Testament is written in Greek. The word behind repent is metanoia. Literal translation is change your minds. So what Jesus is saying is when he, his ongoing message, his opening line is, hey, change your minds. The kingdom of God is near. Change your minds. Don't let religious tradition and fixed mindsets get in the way of you being a part of what God is doing. And that message is for all of us. It rings true today too. God is at work around the world. Jesus is building his church. No surprise. He said he would. I mentioned uh, as we came back last week, we'd been gone for a couple of weeks on vacation and in some meetings. And part of those meetings, they, they flew in 1,700 missionaries, cross-cultural workers from around the world. And so Shelly and I were very intentional about meeting with a number of those workers. And wonderful to hear what God is doing to advance his kingdom all around the world, in Africa, the Middle East, in Europe, and other places. And part of the joy of those conversations with them is to understand that God is doing that kind of work across North America. God is bringing a great awakening. And the question is, will we be a part of that awakening of his church? So I'm mentioning this today because after we finish up Luke in January, I'm going to take one month for a series on a great awakening. Part of the, the joys of pastoring this last year is I was invited to be a part of a conversation monthly with pastors across North America in the U.S. and in Canada. We, we do a Zoom call every month, and they're talking about disciple-making in North America today, and the kingdom is being unleashed. And so what we want to do is say, Jesus, help us be disciple-makers that we might see your kingdom established in the greater Lafayette area. Help us link arms with other churches so that we all might reach the greater Lafayette area because it won't just be us. It's going to take all of us to be a part of seeing that work happen. So we want to take a, a month and, and talk about a great awakening, what God is doing in the church today. But I want to mention it here today because I don't want you to wait until we get to that series for you to finally and fully realize, ah, I get it. And then you've missed out for a while on what God is doing and how you've been invited to be a part. So I want you from today to jump in, to get on the path toward extraordinary living, and I want to unpack what that path looks like. As we look at what God is doing in the world today, it's not very complicated. He's simply bringing the church back to be serving as a loving community where they live, equipping people as disciple makers, 
And so then we need to be able to do the same. The question for us is how are we equipping people? We've got to help people step into all that they're meant to live in, in the kingdom of God. Is what we do here on Sundays matter? Yes. Is it a joy to see testimonies like we saw this morning in water baptism? Oh my word. If that doesn't wreck you, you need to go spend some time with Jesus and get a new heart. Goodness. Folks, God is doing wonderful things and he wants to continue to do wonderful things. But we're naive to think that all of the community that's out there is going to come into this building and be reached in Jesus' name. We also have to be equipped to go to them, right? It's both and, it's not either or. So Jesus, help us to be a part of your kingdom unleashed in this community. And our commitment is to you that we want to help lovingly lead you in everyday disciple making. As we were talking about this next year and what we're heading into and how God is leading us that way, uh, Shelly and I were, were talking about how can we just every week continue to share information that we've been able to sit in for years and how God, we see God moving in the world today. So next month, we'll get back to writing weekly articles, blogging. We'd quit that for years. But we want to do that with the intention of give you good information as we head into that series. So I'm a planner by nature. I've already counted. I've got 20 weeks from September 8th to the beginning of, of February to share information that helps you understand what God is doing and how you're invited to be a part. So we'll start getting into that next month because we can live extraordinary lives by getting involved with what God is doing. That's what we want to do. And we can live extraordinary lives by becoming everyday disciple makers. We can live extraordinary lives by becoming everyday disciple makers. After Paul leaves the synagogue, he, to he goes to the hall of Tyrannus to continue teaching and training believers in everyday disciple making. And this is not unlike what Jesus did with the 12 disciples, training them for three years how to share the good news of Jesus. And this is really what we've been working towards as a church the past three and a half years. The first message series I, I shared when Shelly and I arrived was a, a series on live like it matters, which was to live like Jesus matters. And within weeks of our arrival, I talked about our need to become everyday disciple makers. Different terminology then, same message. I've just gotten clear in communicating what it is we're going after. And then the first year Shelly and I were here, we began to put healthy systems in place, encouraging people to find a place of belonging through groups and teams. That's how that happens. So that's where we were at. But then by year two, we launched what was a, a church-wide connect group series on Wednesday nights. It was in the winter from January up until April. And it was on Naturally Supernatural. And my intent in that series is I want to equip people as everyday disciple makers. So let's take three months and help people get there. There was a problem. I don't know what I was thinking, really. It took Jesus, Jesus, three years with the disciples. Hey, but America, your way right away, we can do it in three months, right? <laughs> the answer is no. It takes longer than three months. So a year later, last year, we launched men's and women's mentoring groups to develop life-on-life -life discipleship. So we thought we could do it in 10 months. You know, hey, we've had three months, let's take another 10 months. And guess what we learned? You can't do it in three months. You can't do it in 10 months. It looks a lot like Paul in the Hall of Tyrannus for two years, 11 to four every day, working with people. Jesus, three years every day with the disciples. So part of what we need to do in our mindsets is to understand in our culture that likes to get things done quickly. Let's enjoy the process. Let's enjoy the journey that Jesus has us on in him. And that journey looks different for everyone because everyone's at a different place in life. 
It doesn't matter who you are or where you've been. Jesus has a plan for your life, and he means great things for your life. So as we talk about discipleship, as we talk about this extraordinary life pathway, I want you to understand that that path is simply meant to be providing you with some direction. It's not really so much about destination. It's just to say, let's get on that path together to step into the life that God has for us. That's about it. It takes years of intentional training and equipping to see people become everyday disciple makers of Jesus. And let's be okay with that. So after asking Jesus how we can lovingly lead people in everyday disciple making and lots of conversations with our leadership team, uh, we've got a path that we've laid out that we feel like the Lord has really led us in to help explain what does it look like to step into the extraordinary life that we're offered in Jesus. This path is on the inside cover of your Connect Group catalog that was on the seat when you came in today. I don't think they're on every seat. So today you get to practice loving your neighbor. Share a Connect Group catalog. It's not very complicated, but go ahead and take a look at that in that, and it's going to be on the screen as well. And what I'd like to do is I always like to talk about where we're headed, and then I'm going to back up and talk about where we're at. So on the bottom part of that pathway, where we have in in terms of where we lead people is once people have found a place of belonging here, when people get a sense that they're ready to live on mission, then we say jump in the membership connect group so that we can explain to you what does it look like to be an everyday disciple maker? What are those qualities? People who abide daily, people who love Jesus and others, people who give selflessly, they share the good news, they serve others. So we walk through that in the membership class. We take three months just to talk about who we are, where we're going, how we want to be a part of leading you. And then the next thing we encourage people to jump into in the spring semester is our Naturally Supernatural Connect group, because we do want you to live an empowered life. You cannot get where you need to go without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you need the Holy Spirit. That's why Extraordinary Living is tied to that. So we want to help walk you through that. And then we would say, and from there, we want to help explain what mentoring looks like. So last year, we offered what was a a good and beautiful series of connect groups that walks you through content to help you understand apprenticing, mentoring, and why it's important in our lives. That although in our culture and context, we might make a decision to come to Christ alone, we grow in Christ in community. It's really important. So we would say that's a pre-mentoring series. And then we've got mentoring groups, men's and women's. We launched those last year. And in that mentoring, then you, of course, you got to do something once to figure out where do you need to go with that to help lead people where we need to go. So we rewrite the content to better equip people. It's kind of like a pre-disciple making series is where we're at with that. But I'll also say what we did is hit the pause button on it this year, knowing we need to do even more mentor training to help equip people to serve as mentors for their mentees. And that's where that last category comes in. Everyday disciple-making connect groups. What I want to share with you is all of these things will be in place next fall. So why share it now? Because it takes a little while to get these things in place. So in the spring, Shelly and I actually walked through this everyday disciple-making training with three other families, and I'm going to have them share here in a moment. But um, we did that for the intention of them to be able to serve as trainers for a group that we're going to lead through this training in the fall. They're going to be like a beta group, a pilot group, because we want to work everything out before we have a church-wide launch and heading into this next fall. So I want you to understand this is where we're going. And you might ask questions like, well, what does that look like? How, how will that really help me become an everyday disciple maker? So I'd like to ask Dan and Deanne and Steve if they don't mind to come. So these three families, so the couples went through. I just have one of those couples share. Can we welcome them as they come? So part of that training... Uh, for everyday disciple making, it involves prayer walking, 
mostly to get you out of your comfort zone. For you to be used by the Lord, you've got to get out of your comfort zone because then it has to be only God working through you that it happens. And so we were out prayer walking about a month ago and uh, Shelly and I were, were going down Cincinnati Street in downtown Lafayette. There was a guy sitting on his porch. And so uh, Shelly and I stopped. We just told him we're praying over the areas or anything we could pray with him about. And, and so we talked a little bit and he said, no, I'm good, you know, thanks so. And, and so we said, well, that's great. Well, we'll keep praying over, over this area. So we walked on and kept praying. And then about 30 minutes later, so we all kind of separated in our different directions. Dan and Stacy, they're on the opposite side of Cincinnati Street, coming down the other direction. And that same gentleman, he yells out at Dan, hey, you, to which Dan's like, I'm on Cincinnati Street. I'm ready to run, you know? <laughs> so I want Dan to explain a little bit of how God then uses situations like that. And it has helped Dan just in terms of, I want you to understand where we're headed. We're already there with some people and we're going to continue to lead people in that direction. Yeah, I mean, as Zach mentioned, uh, you know, hey, you, not the warmest start to a conversation. I, I really wasn't sure where this was headed. In fact, I was, uh, you know, in the back of your mind, you like hope that they're not talking to you, that they're talking to somebody else. And so my, you know, um, maybe a couple of years ago when, uh, you know, the Lord's working on me, but a couple of years ago, if I heard that, uh, as Zach mentioned, I'd, I would have grabbed Stacy's hand and I said, just stuck my head and just kept on walking. <laughs> Um, that's just natural inclination. Um, but you know, we had been praying for a half an hour, had some beautiful encounters and, um, you know, just had this real sense of peace, uh, about that. Um, and so I, I turned and, you know, opened myself, uh, to who the, you know, this conversation. And so this young man comes running across the street and, and again, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, this is about to get really interesting. Um, but you know, uh, he comes across and I just see the countenance on his face, you know, and he, he's, he's, he's just like, he's totally open. And he, he says, yeah, are you with the, the people that were praying here? And uh, he said, I, I, they, they asked me for prayer if I had anything that I needed prayer for. And I said, no, but I thought about it and I realized I did. And um, I said, I asked him what his name was. He said, my name's Jacob. And, I, and I, he said, Jacob, I'm here to pray for you. And so uh, he, he poured out his heart to Stacy and I. We, we prayed for him right there. Uh, and just another beautiful encounter, but an encounter I would have missed uh, had I not just been um, in that, you know, prayer walking, um, open to the spirit, what the spirit was doing. It definitely wasn't me. It was, it was a Holy Spirit moment. Um, if it was me, like I said, I probably would have just kept on going, but, um, yeah. And so, I mean, God's just been working on me, um, in that. And, you know, um, it's true. We all belong here. Um, but he wants to use us out there. Um, so that's what's been confirmed over and over as we've gone through this journey. Um, and it's been beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. I didn't introduce Deanne in the first service. So this is Deanne Dalton. We love the Daltons very much. Anyways, I don't know if you need more introduction than that. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. I am older <laughs> than many of you in this room. And I've walked with the Lord, baptized in the Holy Spirit way back in the early 70s, 1970s. My husband and I did a church plant here in Lafayette, West Lafayette, pastored that for a decade, have followed hard after Jesus 
for over 40 years. But there was always this, I don't know what to call it, a frustration, a longing. There was something missing in the way that we could reach the people that we knew we needed to reach. Sometimes what was in the way was the church, <laughs> just to be blunt. We began this journey of going through this disciple training. And I'll tell you what, this gray-haired lady right here, is she's flying. This is exciting because the longing in my heart, and I, I guarantee it's in yours too, the longing in your heart is to, be, to reach those that Jesus reached and you didn't know how. And we're beginning to see the steps that we need to take, the uncomfortable zone that we need to go out into to reach those whose hearts are crying out for God that they do not know. One of the scriptures that just has taken on so much more new meaning to me is Matthew 28, the last few verses, and you can probably all quote them yourselves. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The very first part of that where Jesus says, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go therefore. And I stopped. It's like the Holy Spirit stopped me there one day and said, what's the therefore, therefore, Deanne? I said, well, the therefore is because you have all authority in heaven and earth. Right. And who's living in me? We just sang it about five times today in every one of those songs. You, the kingdom of God is living in you. The authority of God is living in you. A couple of years ago, when I went through the naturally supernatural that pastor was talking about, the last part of that is they kicked us all out in the street one night and made us go talk to people. Gosh, the nerve of him. Uh, my team went over to Purdue in the Union, and we walked through the Union, and we actually did pray for one gal, and I patted myself on the back, and I felt like I was just so holy. <laughs> the next week, I walked into Meyer, and the greeter lady greeted me, and I, can, I, I probably could go in there and mark on the floor where the spot was, and I took a step, and it was like the Holy Spirit just said to me, I've given you authority, and this is your territory. This, these are your people. They're not the people that belong to the kingdom of darkness. They're the people that belong in my kingdom. Mm. And it was like I just had this overwhelming sense mm. that this county is my county. The people that live in this county are our people, but we have to go out and get them. Yeah. We have to go out and get them. We've done a couple prayer walks. I led a group this summer and we went for a prayer walk over in um, Pineview Farms. And it was kind of unfruitful because there weren't a lot of people out. But the Lord spoke to me as we were going, my husband and I were together, we were going down this one street and I turned to him and I said, you know what? God just impressed upon me that there's people living in these houses that have never ever had their name lifted up to heaven. Hmm. And they did tonight. Amen. And I just, it's like, whoa, that's such a little thing. 
I can walk, I can pray, but it's a huge, huge thing in the kingdom of God. It's a huge, huge thing in opening the door to us being able to reach those that will never come through these doors. I don't know what it's done. I can't hardly explain all this. It's probably very muddled and confused to you because it is to me. But God is, is changing the approach. He's changing our hearts. Um, we, you got your seatbelts? Hook them, fasten them, because we're ready to take off, folks. We're ready to take off. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Deanne. I don't know. Steve's waiting for his introduction. First service, you know, so Steve loves to fish. And how many know fishing's in the Bible, right? What does Jesus tell the fishermen? I'm going to make you what? There you go. There's your introduction. It, it was fishing related, so good job. Okay. Uh, as I was thinking about what to share, and Susan and I reflected on the journey that we've been on with Zach and Shelley and all of you the last three and a half years, uh, this morning, my heart was in particular directed to Joshua 14. Uh, it says, now as you can see, this is Caleb from the Old Testament. Now as you can see, the Lord has kept me alive and well as he promised for all these 45 years since Moses made this promise. 45 years since the promise was made for the children of Israel to go into the Holy Land. And <clears throat> he said, today I am 85 years old. And I am as strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. And I can still travel and fight as well as I could then. So give me this hill country that you promised me. You will remember that as scouts, we found the descendants of Anak, who were giants, by the way, living there in great walled towns. I'm going to stop there. Um, there's nothing special about this particular group of people standing up here. Um, just like there's nothing in particular special about you. We're just all called to do the same thing, and that's just to be obedient to what Jesus has told us to do, to, to share the love of Christ with people around us. Somebody shared it with you at some point if you have uh, trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's what he's commissioned us all to do. And like Deanne said, quite often, I think we use the church as uh, a way of excusing our lack of evangelism and disciple-making outside the walls of the church because we do a lot within these walls and we do a lot of encouraging within these walls and we do a lot of praying within these walls and that's all great and that's really important. But I know I stand here guilty of really squandering the time uh, that I have outside of these walls over the course of my life. And God's granted me some really special moments in sharing Christ with people outside of here, but not near what I could have enjoyed uh, watching God use me outside of here. And so I really appreciate the new challenge that the Lord has put before us to be everyday disciple makers, to really uh, deliberately go into neighborhoods and go into the workplaces and walk through the marketplace of life and really be ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and to be willing to pray and to share Jesus with people. One of the uh, interesting takeaways on Dan and Pastor Zach's uh, experience prayer walking is as we got together as a team and as we've been together many times over the last several months to talk about these um, learning experiences and these exercises in obedience, um, we all have a little bit different perspective on, on the story. And one of the things that really stood out to me as they shared their part in that story was that had Zach and Shelley not been simply willing to express a willingness to pray for Jacob, 
that that would have never, that he would have never had that catalyst while he was sitting there in front of his house to even consider whether he needed prayer. And so over a 30-minute window, the Holy Spirit really began to speak to him because Dan and Stacy were coming down the street and Zach and Shelley had planted a seed of caring in Jesus' name. And so it sounds like Dan and Stacy's part of the story is the more significant part, but it's not. Zach and Shelley's part was just as important. And we often marginalize ourselves because we feel uneducated, we feel disqualified because of the mistakes we've made in our past, we feel um, uh, unworthy because of the sin that we still struggle with in our life. But the only thing that really stands between you and being used of God is your willingness to say yes. Hmm. And, and that's really what we're learning and being reminded of in the disciple-making training that we've been through. And we will continue to go through the lessons that we're learning, our lessons that we've been introduced to in the past, but we're, we're being reintroduced to them. It's all by the grace of God. I don't want you to let your age or your mistakes uh, disqualify you from, hmm. from really uh, being used to God the way that you, want, that you need to be used, the way he wants you to be used, and to experience the, the miraculous presence of the Holy Spirit as you lead someone else to the love of Jesus and help them grow so that they go out and share that with someone else and see their life changed as well. That's why we love baptisms. Man, testimony this morning, the two testimonies were fantastic. Amen. And everybody in the community deserves that. Amen. You know, Jesus died for everybody. They're all just as saved as you are, if you're a believer, that is. Well, I, let me say it this way. We're all equally saved. Jesus did the work once and for all. But not everybody has heard the message and not everybody's received it. So that's what, that's what we're part of. So here's the last part of that scripture. If I can read it without my glasses. He said, you promised me this land, but, uh, but, I can, but we can take it. And his, his uh, qualifying statement is, but if the Lord is with me, I will drive them out of the land just as the Lord said. And the Lord is the one who empowers you to, to go out into these uncomfortable situations and say, hey, do you have a need we could pray with you about or pray for you about? Do you have a need that we could help, actually help minister to you uh, in that's very practical? Uh, Susan and I had the privilege of uh, helping out with a little food, one of, the, one of the people that we prayed with. And uh, it was very simple. We just made ourselves available. And, and then I, I was fortunate to get to uh, speak with one of the three people that was on that porch uh, Jeremy Hostetler and I went out prayer walking last Saturday and I got to see that gentleman again and uh, I said hey you may not remember and he goes oh yeah you're the guy that prayed with me a couple of weeks ago and and he told us how much it meant that people were even willing to go down there um, we've all heard it um, we've never had Christians walk through our neighborhood and say they'd pray with us before that's kind of strange or one of the most telling is well people from West Lafayette never come over here Try that one on, you know, and, and I want to be really clear about something. I didn't say this in the first service, but this is really important for you to understand. This is not about the Cincinnati street neighborhood. It's not about a demographic of people. It's about everybody. Amen. We've been, we've been very deliberate in praying about where God wanted us to start, but that's just a starting point. Yes. You know, Cincinnati street, uh, Capilano, the east side where Susan and I live, the south side of town, down on 350. It's all God's, it's all God's domain if we make it God's domain. Amen. So let's, let's let the Holy Spirit empower us to be obedient and, and make disciples who make disciples. Amen. Thank you. Can we thank them for sharing?
two things I might, might say to that is, number one, we're obviously touching on this on a, a bit of a Passover level. So if you've got questions, you've got three great couples that you can ask questions of. You can email and say, I'd love to get some coffee, and we can sit down and, and answer any questions that you have. That'd be the first thing I'd say. Second thing is, is if in your mind there is doubt, fear, frustration, or anything else, can I ask you, is that of the Lord? Is fear of the Lord? No. So part of what we have to do in this setting, as we want to see Jesus advance his kingdom, because he wants that too, we're admissioned as a body to take every thought captive to Christ. So if there is resident fear, if there is resident doubt, discouragement, it is not of the Lord, may you take those thoughts captive to Christ and may your mind be renewed by the Holy Spirit. If you have questions, please come ask. We don't mean for there to be questions, but we at the same time know that we've got to lead people in process to help people understand we're going to be a part of reaching this community. And we're going to link arms with other churches to get it done. Because Jesus has this community for ours. Deanne, he shares that word. That, that this area is ours to reach for Jesus. He invites us to that process. So we just need to enter into it. Now, I, I always want to make sure you understand where we're going. But I also now want to back up and jump to the front part of that, that pathway. Because it is wonderful that the Lord would have for you to be used for his purposes to see other people's lives change. That's what he has for every one of us. But I also know that some of us in this room this morning, you don't have things worked out very well in your own lives. Your marriage is a mess. Your household is in, is in despair. That your parenting is at a really tough place. Your finances are a wreck. And so what I would say for you this morning is you need to enter into that space on the extraordinary path wherever it is that you are in life. It does not matter where you're at. It only matters that you're on the path. That's it. You just need to be on the path. The Lord will lovingly lead you. Be that two years or 10 years, it doesn't matter. The journey with Jesus is wonderful and he will lead you well. So wherever you're at today, may you hear this morning that the point is that you're on the path. The point is not where you're at on that path. And part of what that means for us this morning too is you look at that pathway. No illustration is perfect, but we just try to work with things that help us to, to explain things in the best way that we can. But this is not a recipe. A recipe, you need all the ingredients, right? This is more like a menu where you select what works for you and how Jesus is leading you. So you don't need to start an alpha with questions and move to breakthrough groups and then jump into emotionally healthy groups. No, you just need to figure out if you have questions, great, jump into alpha. But if you're ready to be on mission with us, then you need to jump in membership. So wherever you're at on that path, you just need to jump in where you're at. And let's also understand, maybe you went through Naturally Supernatural a couple of years ago. And so now you're also saying, but you know what? I really could do some work on my parenting. That's not backwards on the path. That's just a different place on the path. So no matter where you're at this morning, it doesn't matter where you're at. It just matters that you're on the path. What we don't want any longer is people sitting on the sidelines, waiting and watching to see how things are going to pan out. Because I'm telling you, you're going to get to the series on a great awakening and be like, oh, stink. Sure wish I would have jumped in like two years ago. It's going to happen. So I'm trying to avoid that from now. Jump in now on the path of extraordinary living. No matter where you're at, God will meet you there. And he wants to change your life in the process. So do you want a healthy heart? Sign up for the emotionally healthy group. Are you ready to grow spiritually? Then jump in a discipleship group. Whatever statement best describes you is the group that you need to sign up for this semester. That's it. It's pretty simple. Because life in the kingdom, it is meant to be life flourishing. 
So my prayer for you this morning is may your marriage flourish in Jesus' name. May your parenting flourish in Jesus' name. May your commitment to this body flourish in Jesus' name. So find where you are meant to be on that path and simply get on it today. Sign up for a group today that best matches where you're at. With the understanding that we as church leaders, we're committing to helping you get from where you are to where God desires all of us to be. You matter in God's kingdom. Everyone in this room, and I would say that's the other piece the enemy likes to speak, to say, well, I'm, I just don't know. You matter. No one can replace you. You have a unique part in God's advancing kingdom, and you need to step into that role. You can live an extraordinary life by journeying on the pathway of extraordinary living. Before I call our Connect Group leaders forward this morning, we always on this day like to pray over and commission our leaders that are going to lead all these wonderful groups to help you live extraordinary lives. But I'd like to come back to our passage this morning and help us see what kind of impact every one of our lives can make as everyday disciple makers. So back to that passage. I'm going to read just verse 10. So I read verses 1 through 9, chapter 19. Here's verse 10. I'll tell you this is one of my favorite verses in Scripture, but I've probably said that 12 times. This continued for two years. So Paul is in the hall of Tyrannus. He's equipping everyday disciple makers. It continued for two years so that a few, some, all. Do you know what the Greek word translation is for that? All. It's not complicated. All the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, Jews and Greeks. All. Do you want to know how many people that was? That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. Oh, commentators and scholars would say that part of the world, throw up the map. I'm going to show you what region this was. Millions. Paul in Ephesus, he sends and equips church planters out to Smyrna. He sends out everyday disciple makers to Thyatira, to Pergamum, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, to Laodicea. Anybody recognize those cities? They're in the book of Revelation. Jesus sends letters to them. They plant the church in Heriopolis and Colossae. For two years, Paul is equipping people, everyday disciple makers, and millions of people before internet or other forms of mass communication have occurred. They hear the words of Jesus. That is extraordinary. That is what we're invited to. We are meant to affect the region in which we live. We just have to step into the life that we're offered in him. That's it. So Lord, help us step into that future. You matter in God's kingdom. Can I say that you're made for this? So sign up for a connect group today. Get on the path wherever you're at, knowing God will help to start unleash some of the extraordinary in your life because of it. It is extraordinary for you to be a good parent. It is extraordinary for you to have a good marriage. It is extraordinary for you to link arms with brothers and sisters, say, I'm all in. Let's go after this together.